Wraparound with Grace, Alessia, and Marjorie. I'm excited to be back. I miss you guys. I saw the post go up on Instagram and I was like, I'm having a little bit of FOMO right now. <laughs> I'm feeling well, a little jealous. We missed you. We missed you too. Yeah, it feels it felt a little strange just doing it the two of us, but still. We got it, we got through it, and now we're finally back together again. And so I hope you guys have been kind of anticipating or looking forward to this episode because we have, and it's finally playoff season. There has been a lot of exciting games. Pretty much every series has been pretty exciting, to say the least. Um, but now we're going to kind of delve, delve, delve deep, dive deep, dive deep into each series. And first, we're going to start off with the East Division series, starting off with Pittsburgh and uh, the New York Islanders. So as of right now, New York leads 3-2. This is me. That was my cue, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it All was. right. <laughs> Uh, Pittsburgh and New York has been pretty interesting. The Islanders have been struggling a lot during regulation and Pittsburgh has definitely dominated, um, this series as far as it goes with box score. And if you're like, just watching tweets about this game, you're like, why isn't Pittsburgh just like ramping up eight, nothing every game. And they haven't swept the series yet, but the Islanders, and this is kind of the same story for Tampa and Florida, which we'll talk about later. They've been saved by their rookie goaltender, their goaltender who is brand new to the team, Ilya Sorokin. Um, and it's been a really tightly fought series. And the only reason why the Islanders are still in this is their goaltending. But it's also been heating up off the ice because Mike Sullivan called the Islanders a pretty stingy defensive team. And you can quote him on that. <laughs> he went for that in the post-game press conference the other day. So it's definitely an exciting series to keep your eye on. Yeah, and they're, what is it? their sixth game yes their sixth game will be played tomorrow at 6 30 when you guys are listening to this uh episode it will be 6 30 of the night that you're listening to this so hopefully knowing that you guys are listening to this on the 26th so if you guys are listening in um to this in the morning then it'll be 6 30 at night and then you guys can catch the sixth game and then we'll see whether or not new york advances or if pittsburgh can tie that up and then we're going to go to the second series in the east which was uh washington and boston as we all know boston won that series 4-1 and rightly so i mean in that IGTV clip of me and Alessia talking, we were kind of saying how we kind of, you know, assumed that Boston was going to get through this series just because they've kind of been really dominant. Um, I mean, we always know that Boston is a really dominant big team, but ever since they added Taylor Hall, they've been kind of, you know, lights out. And so once we knew that they were going to play against Washington and seeing how the first couple of games went, um, you know, I think it was safe to say that Boston was going to win it. A surprise, surprise, you know, Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, and newly acquired Taylor Hall have been absolutely amazing for Boston, and they were absolutely crucial um, to them winning all those games um, in order to win the series. Washington probably, you know, hasn't been as good or wasn't as good as they usually are in the playoffs, and they probably weren't as, you know, well put together or didn't have the chemistry that they usually do. Um, maybe because of the goaltending, we know that um, what did we say it was Samsonov that didn't do, you know, a great pass to one of his defensemen. And that's why Boston was able to win one of the games in overtime. Um, so 
sad to see Washington go because we always know that they're one of the favorites, whether or not they're playing amazing or, you know, just average. But um, it's going to be exciting to see Boston in the next round, especially since they've just been so amazing. And it's hard to say that as a Leafs fan, but <laughs> but it'll be really exciting to see, um, you know, what goes on in the second round, especially depending on who they end up playing. Now, we're going to move on to the Central. And we're going to talk about Carolina and Nashville. And right now, that series is tied 2-2. Yeah, this has turned into actually a really interesting series. So a lot of you may know the Hurricanes were leading the series 2-0. And the Predators came back to tie the series. And the last two games went into double overtime. So when we spoke about this series in our IGTV, I said Sebastian Ajo would have to be amazing and it would be crucial his performance to the success of the Hurricanes and right now in four games played he has three goals and two assists for five points so he's definitely helping the Hurricanes and hopefully he'll contribute to them battling back and leading this series 3-2. Yeah and so by the time this episode comes out game five will have already been played since it's been being played tonight um, the day that we're filming but it's still great key points from Alessia that you need to kind of keep in mind for game six that will be played on the 27th, I believe. Yeah, the 27th at 9.30. So just keep those in mind. And yeah, I mean, once again, I, the last time me and Alessia spoke, we said we wanted, I mean, I guess we saw the hurricanes going in, but it's definitely become a, a much more interesting series than I, I think we all first thought it would be. So interesting stuff right there. And it's, I think it's always exciting whenever you see a series tied. It's always fun to see because you really don't know what to expect now moving on to the second series or matchup in the central division we're going to talk about florida and tampa and tampa leads three two as of right now this series is kind of funny because it does as i mentioned before kind of mimic the islanders and penguin series um tampa should statistically be dominating this and i think it was probably what the first second game where that one Florida player, I don't remember his name, was it Lomberg, scored the game-winning goal and everybody was like, yeah! And then they were like, who? Wait? <laughs> um, and I'm like notoriously like a Florida hater. Like I love the Panthers, but also I love to hate on the Panthers. Um, but they found themselves some luck, same with the Islanders, with their rookie goaltender, Spencer Knight. Uh, he's the second youngest goalie to win their postseason debut. And he's only 20 years old, so it's pretty impressive. He definitely kept the Panthers season alive the other day when they were on the brink of elimination. And I kind of want to see him do it again. So we'll see how this series plays out in the next couple of days. Yep, another tight one. <sighs> At this point, only the higher powers know who will win this, <laughs> win this series. The next game will be once again played on the 26th at 8 p.m. So got to watch that because another do or die situation for Florida. Now we're going to move on to the North Division and we're going to talk first about the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Montreal Canadiens and right now Toronto leads 2-1. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure, I've been looking forward to this conversation for like three weeks. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you guys are probably very happy with that. I'm assuming we aren't boasting about it. We aren't going to boast about it. That would nope, be bad nope. taste. That would be not yes. very classy and also probably bad for jinxing purposes. Um, <laughs> but I feel like 
this series has been really fun um you know for the most part um and it's i think it's been fun to talk to you guys about it uh, in our group chat during the games because stuff just been happening and we're like hey alessia how you feeling about that one (laughs) um but i know when when rasmus sandine scored the other night i immediately texted alessia like in all capital letters i was like sweet baby child rasmus (laughs) but hey we're also good sports because you know we've been applauding mr carrie price too exactly i was gonna mention that because he's been incredible Yeah, he's been absolutely incredible. And one of the main players that have been keeping the Habs in most of the games that they've played. And I think if it wasn't for him, I think the score wouldn't be as close as it was, at least in game one and game three. Although I think game one, the Habs were really strong. But like you guys mentioned, Carey Price has just been lights out. And he's definitely keeping them in there. So we'll see what happens tonight. And obviously you guys will know by tomorrow when you're listening to this episode. Yeah, it's been a really exciting series to watch because the boys have been flying on both teams. Like the game has been so incredibly fast. And I mean, we all know that, you know, Toronto has been pretty fast this season and and Montreal as well, but it's been crazy insane. And the opportunities on both ends have been incredible. And so this series in particular, not only has it been really exciting to watch because, you know, these are two teams that we know we, we cheer on, we cheer for personally but it's just been a really great game games overall and as a hockey fan it's really really exciting to watch and so I'm not gonna say too much because you know me I'm not gonna say too much but um you know Montreal's really really making it tough for Toronto to kind of you know um have this in the bag but you know that could all all change tonight so we'll have to we'll have to watch and see I just before we move on I do just want to get it off my chest, the aggression that I have towards whoever made this NHL schedule. Because <laughs> you had the you had the ability to mess with the schedule so bad, and you have been this entire time, and then you still stuck us with a back-to-back? In what land? Right? You have to I think it's right? because they have to catch up. They have to catch up to the all the other teams. But they have so much power this season because they can mess around Ugh. with stuff and be like, eh, I know COVID. <laughs> they cannot have back to backs. Anyway, sorry. That was just And especially in the playoffs. Like think about the players playing back to back. Like like let's just say imagine last night's game went into like OT or well, double yeah, OT. Imagine right? having to play the next day. Imagine your especially legs. this series. That's the, I brought this up um, to a friend of mine because we were talking and I was like, in the OHL, they're nasty about it because every year a team has three days in a row, three games, Mm -hmm. a couple times a year over a weekend. So they'll play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I'm like, what, 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 why? Why do you do this to players? Because it doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, I needed to have that rant. Yeah, just because, you know, they're athletes and some of them are pretty young, it doesn't mean that, you know, they have, like, battery power for, like, you know, a week. Like, just because they they can't play this much doesn't mean they should be. Should, exactly. And I can't even recall if other series this year have had a back-to-back. I don't think so. Is this the first one? It might. Which is why I feel so slighted. <laughs> of course, it's the series we like to watch. But um, but yeah. Also, just a quick side note as well with the Leafs. Um, obviously, we all know that John Tavares is currently out for the Leafs. Unfortunately, um, 
I'm not going to say anything because then I would be saying something about the Leafs, but hopefully, you know, he gets back soon and he'll be able to play soon, but that's all I'm going to say about them being, being able to play soon. Um, So yeah, hopefully he comes back soon um, because uh, we know how much of a great presence he's on the Leafs, but moving on, we're going to talk about Edmonton and Winnipeg, as we all know. The Winnipeg Jets have swept the Edmonton Oilers. And we had a little poll on our Instagram, uh, when was it, yesterday, asking if you thought, we, um, what was the question? <laughs> Remind me. Um, yeah, so I put it up in our on our Instagram, and the poll was if our followers thought that the Jets would sweep the Oilers. Ah. Do we have yep. the numbers on those? I'm going to get them right now. <laughs> Either way, I answered I answered no because I had hope for Edmonton to at least win one game. I didn't, like I said no, not because I thought Edmonton was going to come back and win the series. I just thought that maybe they would at least win one game. But um, I guess. That's- yeah, I said, I said yes. And the final results were 62% of people said yes. And 38% of people said no. So maybe those people that said no, probably hopeful like me that at least Edmonton would at least win one game. <laughs> well, you know, like in our IGTV, we did mention that we thought the Jets would come out on top in this series. Yeah. But I was not expecting the Jets to sweep the Oilers. Same. I was expecting at least the Oilers to win one game. Like Same. it's honestly kind of disappointing to say Very. the least. Very. It was heartbreaking and, like, last we, night. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys saw like, Connor McDavid, we know we all know how much of a leader he is. He was visibly angry on and off the bench last night. Okay, that's yeah, that's where I was going to come in because I think looking at this from I didn't vote on the poll first of all because I forgot. Um, but <laughs> but um, I think from an Edmonton point of view, they need this heartbreak. They need this crushing and pummeling into the ground to fix what's wrong with their team because they've been trying it for years now have the hundred million dollar man trying to build a team around him and they aren't succeeding and with one of arguably the best players in the world why aren't you winning and it's not that they aren't putting up a good effort they are but I really think that they needed this to show them again that you can put in all the work you can put in all the effort but your gms and your coaches have to be better no, I was just going to say that's a really good point because even me and Marjorie mentioned when we looked at both teams, the Winnipeg Jets have more depth at all areas on the ice, on D, in goaltending, and on their offensive lines. When you look at the Oilers, they're still depending on Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. So until the GMs can figure out a way to provide those two players with depth throughout all of their offensive lines, And even at defense, like last night, Darnell Nurse was an absolute tank. You can't solely rely on him all the time. It needs to be, there needs to be other players to support one another. So, you know, like Grace said, they kind of have to take this and learn from it. Like this was a good kind of like, let's look in the mirror and see what we can do because we can't rely always on two to three players. Yeah, I was going to say the exactly the same thing. When me and Alessia spoke, we said that they can't just solely rely on those two superstars they have on the team. It's just not enough. And it, that's kind of selfish of them if they if uh, for doing so, because, you know, it takes the whole team to win these games, not just two players. And um, 
And I even I even mentioned how even though they finished second in the division, that still meant really pretty much nothing because it was such a tight race for those second, third, and fourth places that, you know, I think it was just going to be a given that Winnipeg was going to win. And after seeing how poorly, you know, Edmonton performed, you know, they're what up, what, 3-1, three, 4-1, three, one, one, whatever it was. And, um, you know, they gave that all up. And so clearly they're not disciplined right now. And they need to find a way to work as a team instead of saying, hey, as soon as you're, you hit the ice, pass the puck to Connor, pass the puck to Leon. Um, and so it's going to be difficult for Edmonton to kind of figure that out because clearly I agree with Grace that, it, you know, they kind of need that heartbreak, but at the same time, it's going to be hard to kind of fix that situation with, with Mitt David because I'm sure he's pretty much probably really frustrated with how things are going, especially now that Gretzky announced that he's no longer going to be vice chairman of the organization, which, you know, I think also speaks, you know, volumes for where the team and the organization is at as of right now. And so, yeah, it's, 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 it was disappointing to see how the Oilers season ended last night. They went to triple OT and so they fought for it, but they also like, they didn't fight enough. Like Darnell nurse played over an hour. And I was really glad that both you and Alessia brought this up because Alessia mentioned relying on, you know, one guy to do something and then relying on one defenseman to do something. And I highly recommend everybody go read uh, Sportsnet big reads by Sunny Sechdeva. Can't talk. He has a great piece called Mind Over Matter right now, and it came out a couple days ago, but definitely go read it because it's all about Darnell Nurse and what he's done as he's taken on a bigger leadership role on the Oilers. And it just shows that they don't just rely on him to be a defenseman. They relied on him to play over an hour last night. They rely on him for even strength, power play, penalty kill, an offensive standpoint they rely on him to just be like the best defenseman on the team. That's just so and unfair. He's literally their superstar right now. Like I could argue that the Edmonton Oilers need Darnell Nurse more right now than they do McDavid. Absolutely. And I think it's it's incredible to see a team with so much talent because you have Ryan Nugent Hopkins, like you have good players on this team. But when you're so focused on two or three players that you're paying a lot of money for and that are supposed to be like your show stopper superstars like where does the rest of the team fall in because three guys can't play 60 minutes or as it turned out to be 120 minutes last night it's insane yeah it's I can only imagine what those three guys are really going through right now because it's probably insanely exhausting and all of this will Uh, fall on them all of yeah, that pressure exactly. is going to fall on those three guys. Exactly. But um, either way, um, you know, Winnipeg has obviously played. I mean, it's also at the same time, you know, Winnipeg has, has been playing absolutely incredible. You know, they have such a great team. And um, I know I think we always kind of expect um, or at least in the last couple of years have wanted a Winnipeg to get a little bit farther and farther and farther. And um I think they have probably the ability this year to kind of get to where they they kind of hope to be. 
So anyway, I I didn't expect us to be that uh, critical of the oil <laughs> oilers today, but I guess we were. The oilers but, slander um, is hot in this room. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we're all just frustrated because they have just such a great, you know, set of players, and I feel like they can make it work. But it's just I don't know. It's just the culture right there with how they treat. Uh, McDavid and it's not to say that McDavid doesn't deserve the kind of treatment he's getting because he's such an incredible player um but it's 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 not good when you put up two or three players on a pedestal like that but moving on we're going to do the last division which is the west and we're going to talk about Colorado and St. Louis and as we all know Colorado also swept their series yeah, so this series, it wasn't a total surprise that Colorado swept the Blues. I think they're a very strong team, like I've mentioned so many times, and I've also mentioned so many times that they're my cup favorites this year. They were last year, too. And when you look at all four games, they were not close in score. So it just proves how strong Colorado is and how they were the better team. McKinnon also had a great performance in this series. He's now leading all forwards with six goals in the postseason. So that's incredible. And since we last spoke about the Avalanche, Nazem Kadri was suspended eight games and is in the process to appeal that. So all I can say is not so surprise, surprise. Like, come on. You know, Kadri got suspended in the game against in the Leaf series against Washington. Um, I don't know why he does this. It's just kind of silly to me to think that he knows what kind of you know the risks are you know I know that he wants to be physical and he wants to kind of set the tone for the series and the games but at the same time you have to see how your team is doing and you know who you're playing up against you know you obviously every team has the mentality that they're going to win the series and then they're going to get ahead but in this kind of situation you know you have to look at your team and be like okay I think we're kind of okay here I don't really have to set too much of a like that kind of tone in order you know to win this series so I don't know I thought it was really you know just dumb just dumb you can tell when Marjorie's really disappointed with a person and this is one of those moments (laughs) it's just so silly like why would you risk like one why would you do that to your team because now going into the second round if the if his uh, appeal isn't heard then obviously you can't play and um two why would you not want to play like on like the biggest stage right now I think that there was a lot of disappointment in Leafs fans when Kadri left because he was like our enforcer. He was our guy for a long time. But I think that over the past few seasons, just his behavior on the ice and how he reacts to these kind of suspensions and everything has just proven like and reiterated why that trade was so necessary. And I think alleviated any concerns that Leafs fans would have had over the trade. And now it's, now it's on Colorado so now it's a Colorado problem (laughs) but yeah yeah and I was just gonna say I think Colorado is a deep team so obviously it's a loss to have Nazem Kadri out of the lineup but I'm pretty sure they can keep going without him yeah Colorado is a great team and like me and Alessia said that the other uh, time I think it was kind of a no-brainer that Colorado was gonna win this series St. Louis just I don't know they're just not the same from when they won the cup and it's just I think they also need to fix some maybe um, discipline issues on that team personality issues um, you know get them back to being a team and not so discombobulated um, 
because we all know what happened with Bennington and like Grubauer and like it was just not it's not the kind of thing you guys like I think you often see in hockey and it's not the kind of thing you like to see in, in general um but yeah either way moving on we're going to talk about the last series which is Vegas and Minnesota and currently Vegas leads 3-2. I was so excited when they told me that I was allowed to talk about Vegas today. <laughs> You're always allowed to talk <laughs> about Vegas. <laughs> um, yeah, so Vegas leading 3-2, which is kind of actually a little disappointing. Um, and not, I think a lot of people saw Minnesota coming out on top, but from the way Vegas came out in games two and three and four, it was kind of like, oh, they're going to do it. Like, they're going to make it. Uh, one of the big parts of that was Marc-Andre Fleury, who had a crazy save percentage. What was it, like 0.966 going into the game last night? And I bragged about it a little too much, and it <laughs> fell apart. Um, Backfired. <laughs> but statistically, the Golden Knights should be golden after the series. Like, they should be winning after the series. Um, yeah. And I think that there's... Minnesota's doing a great job to fight back, though. And yesterday... It's so odd to think about because they're fighting back, but they only had 14 shots yeah. in the game last night. Yeah. Whereas Vegas had upwards of 35, whatever the specific yeah. number was. It was 37. It was, mm -hmm. yeah. So almost more than double. And it's like, what, what are you guys doing? <laughs> um, so it really does. Again, this is another one of those crazy kind of goaltending battles, I think, where if one goalie's slacking, the other team's going to really push ahead because both of these teams are so great at scoring and they're so offensively skilled that, like, if one goal goalie falters for a minute, you're going to see this series shift drastically one way or the other. Um, but they play again. When is it, Marjorie? Tomorrow? Yeah, so it's going to be the 26th at 9 p.m. So hopefully you guys are listening to this in the morning and then you guys can watch in the nighttime and then we'll see whether or not Vegas um, pushes through or Minnesota fights back. I mean, um, once again, me and Alicia predicted that maybe Minnesota would come out on top because of, you know, the young talent that they have on the team. Secretly, deep down, I'm hoping Minnesota pulls through because they're a team that I actually quite enjoy. Sorry, Grace. Um, but yeah, you never know. Oh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Um, but yeah, so that was all of the matchups for as of right now hopefully next week we can talk about some new matchups and that'll be super exciting but before we leave as always i always have a question to ask grace and alessia and this week it's your matchups to keep an eye on so we're gonna start off start up start off with grace um yeah i'm gonna reiterate what i said earlier florida and tampa bay i think is actually my matchup to watch which might sound a little surprising to most people um but I I do really want to see what Spencer Knight can do for the Panthers and I think that'll be something really exciting to keep an eye on so last week I said coming into the playoffs that Tampa and the Panthers were actually my series to watch right now I'm kind of very interested to see how the Hurricanes and the Predators do just seeing the Predators come back and tie the series after being down 2-0 I think it's going to be a really good series to keep your eye out eye on completely completely agree that's definitely one i'm going to keep tabs on especially because it, the hurricanes is actually another team that i actually really really enjoy and i uh, really like so hopefully the hurricanes can pull through but yes 
great great matchups to watch and I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode I we love talking about these matchups I mean we love talking about hockey in general and it's nice to talk about uh some things uh, kind of in depth like this for the first time in a while so I hope you guys enjoyed um give us your brackets your predictions uh, your favorite players from you know these series you know tweet us dm us on instagram uh, email us <laughs> whatever your favorite form of communication is uh, let us know and thanks again for listening we'll talk to you next week bye